And good afternoon, my people. Uh, let's get into this word. We stopped um, yesterday at chapter 6 in Numbers, so let's go on to chapter 7, verse 1. On the day Moses finished setting up the tabernacle, the leaders of Israel, the heads of their ancestral families, uh, presented an offering. Verse 4, the Lord said to Moses, accept these from them uh, to be used in the work of the tent of meeting and give this offering to Levites, to the Levites, uh, to each division according to their service. So Moses took the carts, oxen, and gave them to the Levites. Now this is setting up a system that we'll see later on as far as how the Levites are to be taken care of. Because the other uh, Israelite tribes, they would do the work, work the fields, do everything. They would bring their offerings uh, into the tabernacle, and then the offerings would be distributed to the Levites. And so that's how the, war, the Lord watched over the Levites. Um, and then um, we go on in chapter 7, and there are a bunch of different uh, offerings that are being made by the various tribes. They're bringing articles in order to furnish the tabernacle. Uh, we see that they're bringing uh, uh, gold, uh, excuse me, silver dishes, gold bowls. Um, they're bringing a lot of this stuff in, and they're bringing livestock for burnt offerings and bulls and rams and, and lambs and other things. All of this is to facilitate the operation of the tabernacle. And then in uh, verse 89, when Moses entered the tent of meeting to speak to the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between two cherubim. He spoke to him this way. And so when uh, Moses would go into the, uh, the, the, um, the tent of meeting uh, with the Lord, the Lord would be above the mercy seat in the ark of the testimony between the two cherubim and a voice would emanate from there speaking to Moses. That just had to be absolutely awesome. Um, <clears throat> in uh, chapter eight, we talk about some of the uh, cleansing rites of the Levites. And then it says, and for their purification, sprinkle them uh, with the purification water, have them shave their entire bodies and wash their clothes, and so purify themselves. And so this is a part of the purification of the Levites. It says in verse 13, you are to have the Levites stand before Aaron and his sons, and you are to present them before the Lord as a presentation offering. In this way, you are to separate the Levites from the rest of the Israelites so that the Levites will belong to me. After that, the Levites may come to serve uh, at the tent of meeting. Once you have ceremon ceremonially cleansed them, and presented them as a presentation offering. And so this is um, uh, how we're uh, seeing how the Lord is detailing how the Levites are to minister to him. We see in verse 23, the Lord spoke to Moses in regard to the Levites from um, 25 years old uh, or more, a man may serve in the um, work of the tent of meeting, but at 50 years old, he is to retire from his service in the work uh, and no longer serve. He may assist his brothers to fulfill responsibilities of the tent of meeting, but he must not do the work. And so we see that the Levites, uh, how the Levites are to serve, They're, they can serve from age 25 years old to 50, and then they are to retire. And so uh, presumably uh, after or uh, before 25, they're learning how to serve. Then they serve from 25 to 50. And then after 50, they assist, maybe train the younger people or whatever. So this was the the Lord's uh, um, social system, if you will, for the Levites and their their their, their work um, details. Uh, in chapter nine, uh, there's another Passover and some other details about that. Uh, so let's go on to chapter ten. And so we see in chapter ten, the Lord spoke to Moses. The first one, uh, verse two: Make two trumpets of hammered silver to summon the community and have the camp set out. 
And so uh, they are to fashion two trumpets, and the purpose of the trumpets is to blast the sound in order to assemble uh, the people, and then in order to, uh, like a Morse code, a short blast, long blast, two short blasts, whatever, as a signal to set out, to move out, for the community to move out. Now, you have to remember, we're dealing with 600,000 able-bodied soldiers and you know families and, and whatnot, so we're probably dealing north of 2 million people. And so you have to have some kind of efficient and effective way in order to communicate with all these people without electronics. You know, <laughs> and, so, uh, and so they had the, 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 the trumpet blast system. In verse 9, when you enter into a battle in your land against an adversary who is, to who, who is attacking you, sound short blasts on the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God and be saved from your enemies. So we see that, that the short blasts are a signal, uh, <clears throat> a reminder to the Lord, we're in battle, and the Lord says, I will save you. In verse 10, you are to sound the trumpets uh, over your burnt offerings and your fellowship sacrifices on your joyous occasions, uh, your appointed festivals in the beginning of each of your months. And so he's detailing when are you to use these trumpets and how you're to use them, you know, in, in the events and, and, and circumstances. They will serve as a reminder for you before your God. I am the Lord, your God. And so they will serve as a reminder every time they hear these trumpet blasts, what the situation is and what the deal is. <clears throat> in verse 11, during your second year, in the second month of the 20th day of the month, the cloud was lifted up above the tabernacle of the testimony. The Israelites traveled from the wilderness of Sinai moving from one place to the next until the cloud stopped in the wilderness of Paran. They uh, set out for the first time according to the Lord's command through Moses. And so this is the first time we see that the trumpet system is used and that the whole assembly is gathered and that they're going to pick up and move to somewhere else. Now remember, they have no idea where they're going. They're just following the glory cloud of the Lord. And so this takes tremendous faith. And, and they'll just pick it up, you know, move, let's go to the next land and set, and settle wherever the Lord tells us to settle. And so that is, uh, that's pretty amazing to me because, uh, can you imagine doing that? Uh, just picking up, moving your entire household, having no clue, no idea where you're going. You're just moving according to where the Lord says you are to go. And so we move on to chapter 11. Now the people began complaining openly before the Lord about hardship. <clears throat> and a lot of times when, when we're dealing with these situations, when I'm when I'm reading these things, you know, I might have the tendency to say, I can't believe these people. You know? But then if I shut my eyes and, and try to put myself in that situation, I'm like, I probably would have been one of the ones complaining, you know, and, 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 and what were they complaining about? Let's go on to verse four. <laughs> the word says the riffraff among them, the riffraff. I didn't know that was phraseology that'd be used in the Bible. Riffraff, the, the knuckleheads among you. The, the riffraff among them had a strong craving for other food. The Israelites wept, no, excuse me, the Israelites wept again and said, who will feed us meat? We remember the free fish we ate in Egypt, along with the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now our appetite is gone. There is nothing to look at but this manna. I am tired of this bread. You know, manna is like a, a sweet pastry from heaven. And it was, it was according to the word, it was good pastry. And, um, but it was still bread, and they were tired of it. They said, where is my meat? I, am, I want some variety. I am so sick and tired of getting up, 
collecting this manna every morning, and this is all we have to eat. Now, I can easily see myself being there. Now, maybe I wouldn't have said anything because I would have been afraid of the Lord, but in my mind, I'm pretty sure I would have been thinking this. I am sick of this manna. You know, something has to be done. If we drop down to verse 11. So Moses asked the Lord, why have you brought such a terrible, uh, such trouble on your servant? Why are you angry with me? And why do you burden me with all these people? Did I give them birth so you should tell me, carry them at your breast as a nanny carries a baby uh, to the land that you swore to give your fathers? Where can I get meat to give all these people? For they are weeping to me. Give us uh, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. They are too much for me. If you are going to treat me like this, please kill me right now. <laughs> if I found favor with you and don't let me see my mystery anymore, Lord, just get rid of me. I can't deal with this. I don't know why you've done this to me. I can't, I can't, you know, match what it is you want me to do. Just get rid of me. I'm tired of this. They're getting on my nerves. Moses is essentially whining. And so in, um, in, in verse 16, but I understand why he's whining. The Lord answered Moses, bring me 70 men from Israel known to you as elders and officers of the people. Take them to the tent of meeting and have them stand, uh, stand there with you. Verse 17, then I will come down and speak with you there. I will take some of the spirit who is on you and put the spirit on them. Notice it says, I will take, I never, never noticed this before. I will take some of the spirit who is on you. The Lord says, I will take some of the spirit who is on you. In other words, identifying the spirit as a person. I will take some of the spirit who is on you and put the spirit on them. They will help you bear the burden of the people so that you don't have to bear it by yourself. Now, what does it sound like? Remember when Jethro was witnessing what Moses was doing and dealing with the people's complaint against each other? And he had them set up this system of elders. This is, a, this is the same thing. And so we move on to um, verse 19. The Lord will give you uh, meat to eat and you will eat. You will eat not for one day or two days or five days or 10 days or 20 days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes nauseating you because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and wept before him. Why did we ever leave Egypt? And the Lord says, okay, you want meat? All right. Meat it is you shall have. And then verse 21, but Moses replied, I'm in the middle of a people of 600,000 foot soldiers. Yet you say, I will give them meat and they will eat for a month. If flocks and herds were slaughtered for them, would they have enough? Or if all the fish in the sea were caught for them, would they have enough? Verse 23, <laughs> the Lord answered Moses, is the Lord's arm weak? Now you will see whether or not what I have promised will happen to you. So Moses is like, I mean, the Lord is like, who, who do you think you're talking to, Moses? And then in verse 25, then the Lord uh, descended in the cloud and spoke to him. He took some of the spirit that was on Moses and placed the spirit on the 70 elders as the, as the spirit rested on them. They prophesied and they never did it again. The two men had remained in the camp, one named Eldad, the other named Medad. The spirit rested on them. They were among those listed, but had not gone out to the tent, and they prophesied in the camp, not at the tent. Joshua witnessed this. Verse 28, Joshua, son of Nun, assistant to Moses since his youth, responded, Moses, my Lord, stop them. 
But Moses asked him, are you jealous on my account? If only the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would place his spirit on them. And so Moses is correcting Joshua's perspective. He said, no, 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 this isn't about me, dog. What this is about, this is about the Lord's spirit being multiplied and amplified. This is a good thing. And so we move on to verse 31. A wind sent by the Lord came up and blew quail in from the sea. It dropped them all around the camp. They were flying three feet off the ground for about a day's journey in every direction. The people were up all night and day and all the next day gathering quail. Verse 33, while the meat was still between their teeth. And so, <laughs> so they're eating the stuff. Before it was chewed, the Lord's anger burned against the people and the Lord struck them uh, with a very, very severe plague. So they named that place Kibroth Hadavah. And what that means is um, graves of craving. So they named this place Graves of Craving because that's where they buried the people who had craved the meat. And so be careful with regard to what you ask for or demand from the Lord. Be extremely careful because you may just get it in a quantity that you cannot handle. And so with that, we just thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for all that you've done for us. And Lord, we just ask that if there are those out there that don't know you, that they would be so intrigued by you that they would not be able to deny their curiosity and, and they would seek you and they would commit themselves to you. And so, Father God, we just thank you for all the opportunities that have been presented before us in Jesus' name. We'll see you tomorrow, picking up at chapter 12. Bye-bye.